Optimum Vobis presents Lighthearted Leadership with Dr. Lizette Warner. Hi, I'm Lizette Warner, executive coach to healthcare organizations and, and professionals, <laughs> really busy ones, here to bring you a lighthearted perspective to the topic of how to avoid conflict. That's right, we're talking about conflict today. We're heading straight into it. It seems like conflict comes up quite often. How do you resolve it? How do you deal with it? What what are some of the tools and the techniques that I can use? And the thing is, there are loads of them. We're going to use today, we're going to unpack some modern psychological wisdom <laughs> that might be able to aid you in your dialogue when you might find yourself in conflict. And wherever you are right now in conflict, in handling these conflict scenarios or situations or dialogue, you are where you are, right? Welcome to today's show where we're going to dive straight into conflict. That and more coming right at you. Hello, my lighthearted friends. Thank you. Thank you for joining us here on Lighthearted Leadership. I am Dr. Lizette Warner. I'm your host here, and I'm here to talk about conflict and how to avoid it. Sometimes conflict is good, but we're going to talk about the type of conflict that you can head off at the pass. So there is there is actually good conflict. And that's not not the piece of conflict that we're talking about. Maybe that'll be a future episode, but that's not the, the conflict that we're going to talk about today. And if it's your first time joining us, hey, welcome. Nice to have you here. We're super excited to have you here as we talk about conflict. And one of the things you should know is usually I get lost somewhere along the show. <laughs> Don't worry, that's normal. I usually come back to focus. The The concept here with lighthearted leadership is that I pick a topic or you send me one. Those are also fun too. And typically it's something that that is resonating with my busy professionals. And as part of my host duties here on lighthearted leadership, I'm going to dole out some of my wisdom. Today it's a little bit heavy because we're going to get into some theory uh, and that might be up your, yeah, might be up your alley to go into some of the theory around conflict. But I dole out some of my wisdom and I do it in a lighthearted way because why not? You know, it sounds like fun and I like having fun. So we're just going to go into my inner child today and I will have some fun with you. And I, I love doing lighthearted. I love this concept of lightheartedness because it gives me wisdom and it also gives me energy and joy. And I hope that you walk away from here at least with a little bit of wisdom and a whole lot of joy. Anything I present on the Lighthearted Leadership Show, I'm going to leave it here on the Lighthearted Leadership Buffet Table right here spread out for you and today there's going to be a lot of stuff that you can pick up and play with and if you do pick up 
or take any of the items today, feel free to take them, feel free to leave them, ignore them. The education wing of Lighthearted Leadership wants me to tell you to exercise new skills responsibly. And under the direction of a skilled conflict expert or executive coach. I'm your lighthearted, lighthearted coach here, happy to help you when you're using any of these techniques. I'm also here to entertain you, to keep it light, and perhaps provide you with some resources that you will find handy. But today we're going to get into conflict. And I, I mentioned we're going to use some of the modern psychological wisdom <laughs> to help you. And some of this is going to be a little bit deep. So if it's a bit too much, there's also a blog post that I wrote on this. So I will leave that in the show notes. So if you're, you're better off, you want the visuals, you want the, the language, the entire script of what I'm writing, there's a whole blog post on it and I will link it in the show notes. One of the things we're going to talk about today is transactional analysis. It's a big word, but essentially transactional analysis is a way that can help you make sense of social interactions and particularly the social interactions gone wrong. <laughs> and it's also going to help you understand ego states. That's right. Not like Lego, my ego, but ego, ego states so that you can solve these ugly emotional problems that make him come up or conversational conflict. Sound too good to be true? <laughs> Maybe. All right. Grow, growing up, and just a little bit of background, so growing up, I, I seem to always be at the center of, of things just gone wrong, like conflict. And I wasn't the one who caused it. <laughs> Typically, I was the one who was fixing it. I don't know, it's like shocking, right? You'd figure I would be the one causing all the problems. No, I was usually the one who seemed to always help resolve things, like turning it back around, like there was an argument and I don't know, I was there in the middle going, okay, you know, figuring out how do we, how do we move forward? And it is sort of same thing that I do <laughs> with coaching. So it, it turned out I got so good at it that it became part of my intuitive strength toolkit. And it turned out that that's what I was good at. I was really, really good at it. And when I came across transactional analysis, man, this opened my eyes because it clarified why my conflict solving ability was always so effective. I just didn't realize that that's what it was. That's what I was doing. So in, in actuality, it takes mere moments, right? It takes moments. Are, are you married? Because I tell you, it takes moments for an interaction to devolve into destructive dialogue. <laughs> like It goes and I laugh, but I laugh because it, so it happens. Like it happens. But the good news is that with the right techniques, it can also take mere moments to shift your dialogue back to constructive. Now, does that sound too good to be true? <laughs> okay, we're going to get in into transactional analysis. And it's a theory developed by Eric Byrne. And I'll have the link that's on the blog notes. And it's about identifying communication between ego states as transactions. So that's why it's transactional analysis. It's any dialogue back and forth is a transactions and transactions can be complementary, complementary, 
As usual, I can't, I can't talk on the podcast. So transactions can be complementary or they can be crossed. And when they're complementary, they can continue indefinitely. A communication typically breaks down when a transaction gets crossed. So, you know, concepts here are two types of transactions, complementary, they can keep going indefinitely, crossed transactions leads to a breakdown in communication. Okay, so that's the first concept. The other concept are the three ego states, and you may be familiar with these already. The the three ego states of parent, adult, and child. Now, the parent ego state can either be this nurturing parent or a protective parent, sort of expressing opinions, directing, you know, you do this now, you clean your room. So that type of, of language. The adult ego state is typically characterized by like reason, objectivity, being emotionally neutral, expressing interest and, and curiosity, right? You know, uh, normal curiosity. Now, while the, the child ego state then, that's characterized, so it, it can be playful. So you could have playful child. Hello, <laughs> lighthearted leadership. <laughs> this is typically one of my, one of my um, go-to states. <laughs> so you can have playful child, and you can also have immature or, you know, emotionally rash. Um, also, the, the, that rebellious child. Right? No, I'm not going to clean my room now. I'm going to eat a bag of Kit Kat. <laughs> so ego states are, are, again, to summarize that concept, so that you have the parent ego state, which is nurturing parent or harshly uh, judging or criticizing parent, the adult ego state, which is reasonable, objective, emotionally neutral, and the child ego state, which could be playful or that sort of rebellious child. All right, so now let's get into the different types of transactions and examples of those, because that's what I'm going to leave you with. I'm going to leave you with it. This is a huge area, guys. There are other podcasts on this that probably do a much better job than I do, but, <laughs> but I'm going to uh, give a couple of examples so that you can start to understand kind of what is a complementary transaction, what's a cross transaction, and then you can maybe take some wisdom for yourself and take this into your own life, right? So a complementary transaction. Now, in a complementary transaction, the dialogue be is between two identical ego states, whether that's parent to parent, adult to adult, child to child. Um, and that can be a, an example of, you know, a child to child. Let's blow off this homework. Yeah, let's go do, you know, something fun, right? And, and it can go back and forth. An adult to an adult ego state might be, and this is the example that I'll, I'll give you, between two ego states. Now, I'm not talking people, but but the ego states as a separate sort of entity. But but the adult ego state, the first one says, my schedule is packed. Can you take the next one? Right? So that's coming from an adult ego state. It's directed to an adult ego state. And the response might be from an adult ego state, would love to, but this is my only break. You know? So that's a showing you know, an example of a complementary transaction. So you're, you keep it in the adult ego state. And, and that's the example that we're going to work through for the rest of these. As long as the transactions don't cross, that dialogue can keep going really without any trouble. 
And it's when the transactions get crossed, again, back to this cross transaction, that the signal, it, it breaks down, if you think about it as a, a signal, but, but signals get crossed, and, and then the dialogue devolves. So a cross transaction, so we'll go to this next concept of the cross transaction, they're, typically they're inappropriate to the situation, it, it's something that's unexpected, un, unwelcomed, and it leads to a communication breakdown. So let's keep with the same example as the, the one we just talked about, where the first person says, you know, my schedule is packed. Can you take the next one? In a cross transaction, what's going to happen is either the parent responds or a child ego state responds. And in this example, let's, let's just assume a child ego state responds and that child ego state is responding to the, the parent ego state. And in, in that case, this might be something that they say, you know, initially, my schedule's packed, can you take the next one? Second person responds, why do you get to tell me what to do, right? And that's an example of a child ego state responding and crossing the transaction because they're now responding to the parent ego state, not the adult. And, and it's crossed because it's coming from a child ego state instead of the adult ego state. So in that cross transaction, the, the, because it's, it's crossed, then the, a little bit of conflict now ensues, right? So you could have other iterations of this, but that's just an example of a cross transaction. Now, to resolve this, to uncross the transaction, and there are many ways of thinking of this, guys, but it, this is the transactional analysis approach. In, in uncrossing a transaction, that can help resolve the communication breakdown. And it's not just a matter of, of uncrossing the transaction, because what would have to happen is, okay, the, the child responded, why do you get to tell me what to do? And it's directed from, from the child to the parent ego state. Now, a parent ego state may step, step in. So the first person recognizing that, oh, okay, it's a child ego state responding to a parent ego state. So the, the parent may, may respond, but you could respond with that harsh, harshly judging <laughs> parent ego state of, why must you always act so childish? And then now you've uncrossed the transaction, right? And the child ego state may then respond with, you know, again, that sort of rebellious child, but but the conversation, it's uncrossed. <laughs> it's less constructive, but it's been uncrossed. So as you can see in that particular example, the, the dialogue between the parent ego state and the child ego state, it can continue, but it's not not as constructive. And the thing is, how do you uncross transactions so that it's constructive? And here is where I'll give you a little bit of background around the, the parent, the adult, and the child ego state according to transactional analysis. To have more constructive dialogue, there's the harshly judging parent, but we also talked about the calm, nurturing, supportive, empathetic, guiding, correcting parent ego state. And on the adult side, the more constructive adult dialogue is reasonable, rational, logical, non-threatening, interested, helpful, curious, those sorts of things. And 
for the child ego state, the more constructive responses come from, you know, playful, creative, spontaneous, respectful. So those are different examples on how you can lean into the different ego states. And there's a whole, I got a whole page on this guy, so you don't have to write anything down. I'll check out the show notes and you can actually pull down the examples. So continuing with that, that same example that we have, let's say we want to uncross that dialogue that emerged from the child ego state directed to the parent saying, why do you get to tell me what to do? Right? Let's say we want to uncross it. Now, if the first person switches from their adult ego state into, Hey, I'm going to respond from the parent ego state this time with calm empathy with nurturing dialogue, then that's going to encourage positive change and potentially grow the the second person who's responding into the adult ego state or shift them into the playful child. So, so in this particular case, I remember we started with my schedule is packed. Can you take the next one? And then the second person responds, Hey, why do you get to tell me what to do? So now the first person recognizes, oh, okay, child ego state here, let me respond like this. Oh dear, you know, my question came across, you know, not recognizing or, or came across demanding. And you seem to have quite a bit to do on your own. How could we resolve this? So you, one, are coming across empathetic, calm, And you're encouraging that playfulness, right? How could we resolve this? How could we, you know, back together? How could we respond this? So in responding from the parent ego state, by being calm, with empathy, and guiding. So that type of transaction encourages the child ego state towards the adult ego state or to shift into playful. Because you've now added that, you know, how could we resolve this? So you're inviting play, right? You're inviting play into, let's figure out how we do this together. And what could happen is then, you know, that that maybe it stays, the second person stays in child ego state. Maybe they come back to adult. But but the, the, the thing is, in order to keep that conversation that transaction complimentary, then you you just keep watching the dialogue and keep reacting accordingly. So at this point, are you overwhelmed? (laughs) Are you annoyed? Are you flustered? Are you like, man, how am I going to use this? That's nice information. It's it's too much, right? It can be, right? And, And this feels like a game. Maybe that's what's going on for you. And essentially all dialogue, all dialogue is game. It's really a huge area of research and study. And I probably have put this out here for you in a way in in really I've just we've just touched the very tip of the surface, because this is a huge field of study. This is game theory, essentially. So we've only touched the very tip top, but the very tip top surface it might be enough to already start to help you in whatever situation you seem to find yourself in. Ultimately, the goal is to have fun and channel your inner parent, your inner child, your inner adult in order to elevate your communication style and essentially make it your own. 
right? I mean, today we've talked about transactional analysis, that there's this, it, it, it's a book. Um, the book on transactional analysis so this is by Eric Byrne is Games People Play. And that's a really good one. I'll, I'll recommend that for you. But transactional analysis, is, it's a great way to rescue conversations, to avoid conflict in the first place, right? And now that you have this tool at your disposal, it's time to play around with it. And a few things to keep in mind with the tool. Awareness is key in using the tool. Give yourself grace to play with transactional analysis. And this other concept of practice makes permanent, right? Being aware of conversational patterns, it's the first step in knowing when and how to employ transactional analysis. I had years of practice in the home, in school, in the wherever I was, that I developed an intuitive sense of how to employ transactional analysis techniques before I actually even knew they existed, which is why it's also important to give yourself grace to play with transactional analysis techniques, particularly if you're overwhelmed by them. You know, as I tell my coaching clients, any new skill is like exercising a brand new muscle. It may take time, practice, and failure <laughs> before you finally get the hang of it. So give yourself the grace to fail. That failure is going to give you good data. Finally, continual practice is going to help develop your transactional analysis muscles. It can be wearying and draining to practice on your own. So engage support a trusted sounding board, or a coach trained in transactional analysis techniques. And speaking of coaches, yoo-hoo, hello. <laughs> I'm a coach. <laughs> happy, happy to help you. I mean, regardless whether you work with me or not, you know, contact me if I can, if I can connect you to a coach that can help you. I'll be super happy to do that for you because essentially I want to I wanna connect you with the resources that's going to bring you the biggest impact. And if transactional analysis helps you, let me know. Drop me a line over at Lizette at lightheartedleadership.com. You can look me up on the, on the website, lightheartedleadership.com is the website, so you can find me there. And today we talked about ways that you can use transactional analysis to help you avoid conflict scenarios. So this is a part of the show where I always ask you, what's been helpful for you today? Or what have you learned, right? What's that new piece of wisdom that you're taking with you? And how do you want to use it? Right? I want to thank you for joining us today. If you like the show, then consider following us over at lightheartedleadership.com. Let others know about the show. If this show was helpful for you, then take it. There's the blog page and that will have um, examples. Everything's written. You'll have it visual as well. For those of you who are visual learners, I work with busy healthcare professionals from the industry to the clinic, from the C-suite, all across the organization. If I can help you in avoiding conflict, in managing conflict, then look me up. Connect with me over on LinkedIn. I want to thank you, my lighthearted friends, for sticking with this deep topic today and for joining me for today's show. Join me next time when we take another peek into lighthearted wisdom that you can use. 
You have been listening to Optimum Vobis Presents Lighthearted Leadership with Lizette. Life is a winding road No telling where it goes Driving through days and nights Won't stop for traffic lights Falling down